Thank you for your welcome. It's, it's lovely to be here and to share with you again. And I still count it a privilege just to be able to share God's word with you. But oh, Ross was panicking to get here tonight. I knew what that was like last time I was here. <laughs> but I got lost in all that roundabouts and goodness knows what. But however, I decided to take the old way back, 89 and no problem. Yes, I did. I turned in the opening before I got here. Whatever, I managed to get back down again. So nobody follows me in a car, <laughs> no unless you want to get lost. The evening, uh, Romans chapter 5. To Romans chapter 5. And see what the Lord has to say to us from that. Romans chapter 5, 1 to 11. Therefore, again, as the book of Romans is a book of logic, and the book of therefore. So we trust that the therefore again will encourage and strengthen our hearts and give us fresh vision again from the very word of God. So therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with our God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also we have access by faith into his grace, into which we stand in a choice and hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint us, because the love of God is poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by the blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. May God bless the reading of the word to our hearts this evening. Sometimes, you know, in sermon making, I always struggle with sermon making. You make it a message, and uh, then you think, well, I'll try it again. I'll try it again, and then when you look at that one, and you look at your first one, I don't think the second one's any better than the first one. So then I get myself into a dilemma. Which one will I use? But they're much the same anyway. So what's coming across tonight again is having a true saving faith. The word of God there says, therefore having been justified by faith. Tremendous again, that God justify us through having faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Have that absolute assurance in our own hearts and that. You know, God does more and just justify us again. Here we see again in verse 5, it says to us again, Now hope does not disappoint us, because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts, by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. So we go back again to Pentecost, 
where God poured out the Spirit upon the church at that particular time, for those, again, could receive it, for those that didn't receive it, they didn't understand it. But God wants to bless his people again, for in the heart of God is blessing after blessing. And so often people miss out, or churches miss out, because here we see in Romans 5 again, he wants to pour that blessing into our hearts. Not just a trickle, not just a, a drop here and there, but to pour it into our hearts, to manifest it into our souls and our hearts, that we become his treasure upon this earth. That we become his witnesses, his testimony, to share the love of God. Why? Because he's poured it into my heart. And I cannot contain it and I cannot hold it in. It must be shared out because it's the love of God. And the word of God again will bear on that again as we share this wonderful gospel. And what a great gospel you and I have had to receive again. That we have the greatest thing upon this earth to share with those around that we come in contact daily with on day. We have this truth, this word of God, an assurance again in that day that will enter into the kingdom of God. Why? Because Jesus has justified us. And he justified us through that cross in Calvary. There's where he justified us. There where my sin and iniquity again was put on the Lord Jesus Christ and he put it to death. Is he still put it to death in my heart and soul? That is why we need to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. That is why we need to keep close to the cross again. Every evil thought that comes into my mind and heart again needs to be put to death on that cross. That's where we have victory. That's where we have freedom. That's where we are new in the spirit, experience again, experience of the living God. Because living God, what's he done? He's chosen you. Chosen you out of this world to be his treasure here upon this earth. What a God we have. A God that chooses us, cleanses us, washes and purifies our hearts. I always remember, uh, I didn't really plan this one, but uh, we, we, we thought comes to the mind. When I was working in the hydroelectric board and uh, normally we would uh, finish the job rather quickly so the lads would want to go to some dump somewhere and find some old treasure and they found about three or four old bottles of screw tops and all this sort of thing and they would take them home and they would clean them and wash them and so forth. I would never see them again until sometime I'd be in their home for a reason. Where is that bottle? It's sitting in the mantel place, outside, inside, spotlessly clean. And you know, that's what God does with us. He washes us, cleanses us, and purifies again that we can receive the Spirit of God. And from time to time, Father, we need that filling again of the Spirit of God into our souls and into our hearts. And Ephesians 1, 7 says, And whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the richness of his grace. It's a richness of God's grace again that forgives us, cleanses, and purifies our heart. Have a wee thing here I took for daily bread to make, make it more clearer. From our prison cell in June 1962, Clarence L. Gideon wrote a note asking the United States Supreme Court to review his conviction for a crime he said he didn't commit. He added that he didn't have the means to hire a lawyer. One year later, in the historic case of Gideon Wainwright, the Supreme Court ruled that people who cannot afford the cost of their own defense 
must be given a public defender, an advocate, provided by the state with his decision and with the help of a court-appointed lawyer, Clarence Gideon, was retried and acquitted. But whether if you're not innocent, according to the Apostle Paul, we are all guilty. But the court of heaven provides an advocate who at God's expense offers to defend and to care for our souls. On behalf of this Father, Jesus comes to us, offering a freedom that even prison mates have described as better than anything they've ever experienced on the outside. It's a freedom of heart and mind, whether suffering for wrongs done by us or to us, we all can be represented by Jesus. By the highest authority, he responds to every request for mercy, forgiveness, and comfort. Jesus, our advocate, can turn a prison of lost hope, fear, regret into the palace of his presence. I thought that kind of summed it up again. My friends, we have a Savior, a Lord Jesus. To know that your sins is forgiven. What a Savior. What a Redeemer. What a Lamb of God we have. As John the Baptist reminds us, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away our sins again. We often sing the hymn, as you're well known to the older people, maybe the younger generation don't see it so much, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. And the other verse is, Perfect submission, all is at rest, I am my Savior and happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, looking above, filled with a goodness, lost in his love. And this is my story. This praising my God, Savior, all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. What a Savior we have to worship and to glorify this evening. Therefore, justified through having faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We have a life, as someone says, spiritual life. But do we have abundant life? That's a challenge again, a abundant life. For the love of God, it's been poured into our hearts. These men grasped the spiritual truth. And not only that, they opened their hearts and minds to the glorious truth of the gospel. And do I still hunger for the things of God? to a stirring hunger and thirst for the things of God. I'll tell you a little wee story, a true story. When I lived in a croft, I lived home, I was in a wee croft there, and uh, had a couple of cattle, a couple of cows, you might say. And when I was a boy of 12 and 13, my dad would be away working. And I would have to take these cows to the trough in the summertime when it's even bright as this, and to bring, to bring them to the water trough. And when I, as soon as I pulled the stake out of the ground, the cow would set off. And I was told, you don't let go of the rope, you hang on to the rope. So I was dragged across the field, through the sharn and everything else, until the cow eventually got to the water trough. And boy, you want to see it drink. It drank, and it drank, and it drank. And I said to myself, do I hunger? Do I thirst for righteousness? Do I hunger and thirst again to get a drink of the living water of God? As he said to the woman at the well, are you thirsty, are you hungry for the things of God? But who else can satisfy them? Nothing but the living word of God. Nothing else will satisfy us in this life again but the very word of God. 
So do we have abundant life? God doesn't hold it back. He wants to pour it out. He brought a people out of Egypt to bring it into the land that was flowing with honey. Unfortunately, the first generation never made it because they stopped looking faithfully unto God. Stopped looking back the way. And they lost out in blessing after blessing that could have been theirs. All parents who love their children want to pour blessing and blessing upon them. It's the nature, and this is the very nature of God. This is the very character of God. He wants to pour it out upon you again. Even the other day, I was going into Tesco, and uh, Christine, our daughter, was coming out, and we met. And uh, I, I knew that her microwave had blown up a long time ago, and she had never, never renewed it. Whether the purse is a bit low or not, I don't know. But uh, I said, let's go back in. So I showed her the, the microwaves. I said, choose the microwave you want. I'll pay for it. You know? And you know, this is what God does. And you want to see even the joy on their face. Because every parent wants to bless their children with every blessing that they can give them. God's love for us does not diminish. And we get back to that throne of grace again and, and come before him in prayer and seek his face. God's love then for us does not diminish. Unfortunately, the world robs us, robs, trying to rob us of blessing. The churches there, early churches, they constantly met, constantly for prayer and to seek the Lord. As the Augustine puts it, earthly riches are full of poverty. And it, and it is true indeed. You know, it's amazing how things grip you. Okay, we need certain things to live in this world and so on and so forth. And when I was in the island of Mull, you only had three shops. Ah, three shops in the island there in Mull. And uh, if you wanted to get refuel for something more, you had to go into Oban. So you, that was a day's journey to get into Oban and back again. You left at 8 o'clock in the morning, 7 or 8 o'clock in the morning, you weren't back to 5 o'clock at night. And you know, I used to take a wee look in the shops, windows and Oban and so on, and i seen things there that I wanted, but I had no need for them. When I was in Mull, I never thought about it. It's only because my eyes, because my eyes centered on it. And then you nearly convince yourself, you need this thing, you know. And then, you know, sometimes they can rob us again of the truth and the living word of God. Heavenly riches are eternal. Worldly riches are not eternal. Hebrew living reminds us of the saints, Hall of Fame, the heroes of faith. They're all there again, heroes of faith. And some of them just did one thing. But they're recorded in the book. And they have to be recorded in there for your uh, work again. Therefore, rejoice in the presence of his presence. Rejoice that he poured the grace into your heart for the hope of glory. Not only that, but be also glory in tribulations. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance, character, and character hope. And there we see the very character of God in that again. As we persevere in times, we may have to persevere at times, depending on our circumstances in our life. I have my life again as my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. No merit of my own I claim, but worldly trust in Jesus' name. On Christ's solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking stand. All other ground is sinking stand. 
when weary in the earthly race, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every wild and stormy gale, my anchor holds and will not fail. On Christ, the solid rock, we stand. When, uh, when I was working with the electric board right enough, the power station next to the, next to the wee loch there, where the, and it was absolutely saturated with eels. And they used to block the filters coming into the engines and so on and so forth. So one day, I went on a holiday, and I was in the island of Danun, where my sister was the Loch Ek, by Loch Ek, and they had a, a restaurant there. And uh, I was speaking to this man at the bar on this particular day anyway, and uh, I said to him, what do you do for a living in? Oh, he says, I'm an eel, I fish for eels. Now, you know, I've made a I'm a millionaire, fishing for reels. I thought, myself, you had too many pints on. That's what went through my mind, you know. So anyway, we had conversation. And then he says to me, I told him where he came from and so on. I says, I'll tell you, in the springtime of the year, I'll send you up a wee boat and nets. And would you put them in the water and catch eels? No, give it a go, I says. Well, you know, that's the end of the conversation. Just a wee conversation through a wee bit of tipple like that. I thought, well, that's saying, Oh, no. Up came the boat, and up came the nets. Well, I knew where to set them. So I set them, I set them in this wee loch next to the power station where the massive engines was. And uh, next night, went back to see, are there any eels in them? They were absolutely chock-a-block with eels. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't even lift the end up. It was absolutely saturated with eels. Oh, my goodness. So I phoned them up. What do I do with this? Oh, he says, make a keep cage, mesh wire. Oh, I made a keep cage for mesh wire, fine. Poured it, and then poured the eels into that. Right, he says, now we'll send it to Billingsgate. And how in the world am I supposed to get them there? Oh, he says, get the polythene bags and put ice in the polythene bags and send them to the airport. All right, fine. So, did that. And then I got a phone call for the airport. Mr. Miller, this eels is on the runway and all the boys is frightened for them. Oh, goodness. So that was the end of that. We used polystyrene boxes and ice, and it worked a treat. So then he came up, and he says to him, we're going fishing. Right. Any particular loch? So I, took him to, I knew the lochs anyway, so I took him to the loch. And, you know, it's a step of faith when you go fishing. Because you're hoping, you're just hoping you're going to catch something. We're catching nothing. Just hoping. However, he takes out a, a wee box or something, and he sprinkles us around the boat. And within 10 minutes, we had five beautiful trout. My friends, he knew the bait. My friends, we need to use the bait. The bait that Jesus pours into our hearts. His love again shared with us. The fruit of the spirits again flowing from the heart of his people is totally irresistible. People cannot resist the glorious truth of this gospel. And God has chosen again so that we would be his testimonies, his witness, and to share the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter reminds us, it's not as any kind of faith, it's a precious faith. A precious faith that cost Jesus, who paid the price for you and for me, that we may have life eternal, chosen by the very hand of God, and set apart for this gospel. Hudson Taylor puts it this way. There is a living God. He has spoken in the Bible. 
He means what he says and will do all he has promised. Works of salvation in our hearts and forms a people for his praise. And you know, that's why we gather here tonight. We gather tonight to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ, to magnify his name, to encourage and to strengthen us one another because we need one another in this world. We need one another to share this gospel and to just be able to communicate through the word of God. 2 Corinthians 3 says, Thou art an epistle of Christ, written in our hearts, not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God. And you, you are an epistle, a, a, a spirit, the spirit of God is living within. Therefore, thou art a new creation. And we sang up this morning again in the church again. We are a new creation. No more in condemnation, because here in the grace of God we stand. A joy that knows the limit, a lightness in my spirit, here in the grace of God we stand. And I will praise you, Lord. Yes, I will praise you, Lord, and I will praise you for all that you have done. So we have a God who is eternal, a God who is everlasting, a God who chooses his people, a God, again, who will always be with his people, a God who sends them out again to be his ambassadors for the King of kings and for the Lord of Lords. Israel, God's chosen nation, lost it, lost the blessing that could have been theirs. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart, but listen to what the Word of God says. How blessed we are to have a Saviour, hoping and trust to be faithful through every circumstances of our lives. Are you leaning on Jesus today? Are you trusting him with all your life? It's that text again, that wonderful text in Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart, lean not on thy own understanding, and all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. So then, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Amen.